This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where we have reached another milestone in the COVID crisis. Our death toll broke the 26,000 mark Tuesday when the state reported 231 additional fatalities. After being dissed by the White House over his complaints about a shortage of vaccine, the governor flip-flops. Instead of getting as many shots in arms as possible, Ron DeSantis says the state is now withholding COVID-19 vaccines to ensure seniors and healthcare workers can get their second dose. We're not going to divert second doses away from seniors. Seniors want it, we're going to do it. So if the implication is you should be giving those doses away to other people, that's not the way the FDA has prescribed it. That announcement is a response to President Joe Biden's press secretary, who said Florida had only used about half the vaccine provided by the federal government. Two Republican lawmakers who are furious that Donald Trump has been banished from Twitter have filed bills to punish the tech giants, claiming conservatives are being censored. Conservative voices are being suppressed. There's no doubt about it. And we have to do something to hold uh, these companies accountable. And yes, we want them to continue to op open these voices back up. It's, this is the public square. There's tens of millions of people on these sites, and the people have the right to be heard. Their bill targets Twitter, Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Alphabet, and China? Yeah, China. We'll explain that last bit later in the podcast. The Criminal Justice Committee in the state Senate votes to close a loophole in the sex offender registry law that allowed a convicted child molester to stay off the list by simply refusing to pay his court fine. This man is a very, the very definition of someone who should and must be on the sex offender registry. But because of this legal loophole, he could live right next to a community pool if he so chose, or a school, or a daycare. We'll also have your calendar of political events and then close the show with the story of a Florida man who was named Paramedic of the Year in 2020, but is now charged with helping his boss steal COVID vaccine. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Wednesday, January 27th. On this date in 1945, Soviet troops liberated the Auschwitz and Birkenau concentration camps in Poland, which is why this date is designated as International Holocaust Remembrance Day. State flags are flying at half-mast. It was on this date in 1967 that a fire in the Apollo 1 command module killed astronauts Gus Grisham, Ed White, and Roger Chafee during a launch rehearsal. This is also National Chocolate Cake Day. Both of Florida's U.S. senators sided with Donald Trump Tuesday during a procedural vote that appears to show there are not enough votes to convict the former president in his upcoming impeachment trial. Republicans Marco Rubio and Rick Scott were among 45 lawmakers who supported a procedural motion to declare Trump's impeachment trial unconstitutional because he is no longer president. The motion failed 55 to 45, but that is more than enough to acquit Trump because it takes a two-thirds vote to convict. Rubio tweeted that impeachment is a waste of time and vowed to vote to end the impeachment trial as soon as possible. A spat between the governor and the White House leads to a substantial policy change in the way Florida distributes COVID vaccines. Governor Ron DeSantis has spent a lot of time in recent weeks complaining about the lack of vaccine. On Monday, the president's press secretary said it's not a supply problem. It's because Florida has only used about half the vaccines provided by the feds. DeSantis was asked about that during a press conference in Vero Beach Tuesday. Well, that's disingenuous. Um, we are number one in the country for doses per capita for the top 10 states, the top 10 most populous states. Florida's now, that's according to CDC data. Um, and then if you look, when I did my press conference yesterday, I explained how these doses work with the second doses coming in. And so if you look, we do first doses, 300,000 plus a week uh, at a minimum. The last three weeks, we did 455,000 two weeks ago. We'll see last week's numbers as it comes in. 
but we're not going to divert second doses away from seniors. Seniors want it, we're going to do it. So if the implication is you should be giving those doses away to other people, um, that's not the way the FDA has prescribed it. And so we are absolutely committed to that, uh, and we're going to continue to do it. And as I said, you're going to see those numbers really start to jump. Uh, but, you know, if someone is due Moderna 28 days and we get the second dose on day 24, they're going to have the appointment and they're going to get that dose. That's the way it works. But, but the fact is, if you look of the top 10 most populous states, we're number one in doses per capita. We are number one by far with the number of seniors uh, that have been able to be vaccinated. And we have the throughput that if we can get more first doses uh, given to Florida, we would be able to do that much more, that much quickly. And so that is really the number one thing that we can get help from the federal government on because we're at the mercy of whatever is sent. So if they send 500,000 first doses instead of 266, I can double the drive-through sites. I can give more to hospitals. I can expand Publix. I mean, we have a lot of public stores, but there's a lot more Publix throughout the state of Florida. So the possibilities really are endless, and it's just contingent on getting more of those first doses of the vaccine. But we are going to have second doses for senior citizens. And if the White House is suggesting that we shouldn't be doing that, uh, I think that that's not a good suggestion. Tucked away in that soundbite is a complete reversal by the governor. Until now, DeSantis had ridiculed the idea of keeping vaccines in cold storage to ensure there would be enough second doses to go around, saying he wants to get as many shots in arms as fast as possible. Now he says they're holding back to make sure people get that second dose. Remember last week when the governor announced one million seniors had been vaccinated in Florida? It was a bit premature. They had to walk it back, but the governor says they've now reached that milestone. When someone gets a shot, it still needs to be reported in the system. That takes 24, 48, 72, sometimes it takes five days to get all that in. Uh, but we do have reported the first state in the country to reach one million seniors reported for shots. And there's no state that's even close to that. We're hundreds of thousands ahead of the next closest state. We're all, we've also vaccinated uh, roughly 22% of all 65 and up in the state of Florida. And that is either first, tied for first, or just second in the country. So uh, we're proud of that. We're proud that we're putting seniors first. As soon as, as we get more vaccine, there's going to be more seniors that have an opportunity to get it. And we're happy to be able to provide that, that option for them. The governor was in Vero Beach to announce public supermarkets in two more counties will be offering vaccinations for people 65 and up. So there's been over 242 different stores where folks can go in, uh, get a vaccine, and usually that's within a mile or two of their homes. And so that's very convenient, particularly for elderly people. So today we're happy to be able to announce that we're expanding uh, the Publix program to include eight Publix pharmacies in Indian River County and 11 Publix pharmacies in St. Lucie County. Publix may be a pleasure for the governor, but Palm Beach County Commissioner Melissa McKinley is blasting DeSantis for giving them priority over the distribution of COVID-19 vaccine in her county. During Tuesday's board meeting, McKinley said she's absolutely disgusted the governor took vaccine authority away from public health and medical officials and turned it over to a corporate entity. Florida's Department of Health confirmed almost 9,600 new cases of COVID-19 Tuesday and 231 additional fatalities. Florida's death toll has reached 26,080. The number of confirmed cases is now 1,667,000.
Shots are still being reserved for people 65 and older, but there is a loophole, and the state lawmaker is urging hospitals to take advantage of that loophole to immunize people with serious health problems. The state's official vaccination policy is seniors first, and unless you're a frontline healthcare worker, you're supposed to be at least 65 to get a shot. There is, however, a loophole in the governor's executive order that says hospitals can vaccinate people under the age of 65 if they have severe health problems. Jackson Health System in Miami-Dade says it will start vaccinating people today under the age of 65 if they have one of seven specific health conditions, including renal failure, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, and sickle cell anemia. State Representative Carlos Guillermo Smith of Orlando, who serves on the House Pandemics Committee, has written to hospital executives throughout the state, urging them to establish public criteria for those extremely vulnerable to COVID-19 so they can be vaccinated even if they aren't 65. You know, the reality is, is that the state of Florida continues to change its vaccine strategy as far as where the vaccine supply is going, who the providers are. But what hasn't changed is that hospital providers are still the only entity in the state currently authorized to vaccine vulnerable populations under 65 with comorbidities. They were given that authority by Governor DeSantis' executive order back in December. But the reality is, is hospitals are not vaccinating people under 65. So as the state has moved the vaccine supply for 65-plus, mostly over to county health departments and partnering retail stores, we're urging hospitals to use what limited first dose supply they may still have on hand to be administered to those approaching 65 with comorbidities that make them much more vulnerable to COVID-19. We're talking about people with Down syndrome, transplant patients, cancer patients who are not yet 65 but who desperately need the vaccine, and they can only get the vaccine from a hospital provider. That's why we're urging them to do this. And I'm happy to see that just today, the Jackson Health System announced an official uh, definition of what they consider to be comorbidities, and they announced plans to vaccinate some under 65 uh, with the limited supply that they have. So, you know, the fact that folks with comorbidities younger than 65 who have been shut out by hospitals and unable to get the vaccine, the fact that the fact that they're speaking out and telling their story is working because we've already seen Jackson Health System has made changes to their program to vaccinate some of those younger than 65. Two Republican lawmakers unveil their plan to punish the tech giants that cracked down on misinformation and lies during the presidential campaign. Representative Randy Fine of Palm Bay and Senator Joe Gruters of Sarasota say conservatives are being silenced on social media and they should pay a price if they don't change their ways. Fine says their bill has two very different targets. First, I'm holding the government of China accountable for what they've done to the state of Florida by allowing COVID to happen, by not being honest about it and by not containing it. And the second thing the bill does is it treats, since big tech wants to act like China, we're going to treat them the same way by saying effective the end of next year that Facebook, Twitter, Amazon, Google, and Apple will no longer do business with the state of Florida or any of our state and local governments. The goal here is much like we did with Airbnb last year, is to get these companies to see the error of their ways. 
they've made a mistake and they continue to double down and compound the mistake. Twitter's banned 70,000 accounts. This is just going to be this cascading thing. Our goal is for these companies to realize they've made a mistake and reverse course so we never actually have to do this. But should they continue to shut down the thoughts of half of our state, then we have to stand up for those folks and say, look, you want to boycott Florida, we're going to boycott you. Senator Gruders wants Donald Trump's Twitter ban reversed, and let's not forget the My Pillow guy, who promoted unfounded conspiracy theories about the election. He's been banned from Twitter for repeated violations of what they call their civic integrity policy. Conservative voices are being suppressed, there's no doubt about it, and we have to do something to hold uh, these companies accountable, and yes, we want them to continue to op- open these voices back up. It's This is the public square, there's tens of millions of people on these sites, and the people have the right to be heard. A lot of people talk about the First Amendment and how, as a private company, the First Amendment doesn't apply to them. I believe that's incorrect because uh, uh, I believe that these social companies are so large that they are, in fact, the public square. And when you ban people like the former president of the United States, when you ban people like the, the, the former president of the United States, and today you saw the MyPillow CEO being banned, uh, uh, when normal people and, and, and people that are as important as the President of the United States get banned, uh, who knows who is next? And certainly if they are a private business, they do get to choose who they do business with. And as a state of Florida, we could also choose who we do business with. This bill specifically targets Facebook, Twitter, Amazon, Apple, Alphabet, and China. Really, Representative Fine? China? The portion of the bill dealing with China says on that same date, December 31st of next year, state and local governments in Florida cannot do business and buy products or services that are more than 25% made in China. Look, we have a $3 billion deficit because of COVID. And a big part of the reason for that is because China wasn't on, didn't, didn't contain it and wasn't honest about it and left us in this mess. It's also dangerous for us to be so reliant from a supply chain perspective on products and services that come from China. What we're trying to do is hold them accountable and protect Floridians in the future. Because China knew exactly what they were doing and Florida lost lives and we lost jobs. And we're in the position we're in now because China wasn't honest with the world. You may have noticed that Senator Gruters was the one who had the last word in that soundbite. Turns out that he and Fine did the press conference in a way that sort of resembled a tag team match. The Criminal Justice Committee in the Florida Senate votes to close a loophole in the sex offender registry law. Senator Lauren Book of Plantation filed Senate Bill 234 after she read about the case of a convicted sex offender named Ray Lavelle James, who found a way to stay off the sex offender registry. Ray Lavelle James is someone you would not want living in your neighborhood. He was arrested in Tampa for molesting two little girls, 8 and 11, at the community swimming pool. For his crime, he was sentenced to 15 years in prison and ordered to pay a $10,000 fine. But very importantly, upon being released from prison in 2016, Ray Lavelle James did not pay his $10,000 fine and he refused to register as a sex offender. After then being arrested and charged for failing to register, James began to fight his designation in court. And because of a technicality and a dangerous oversight in Florida's sex offender registry law, which could be widely exploited by other offenders, two courts have ruled that James does not have to register until he pays his fine. Ray Lavelle James is not just an offender, he's a child predator who had a reputation for hanging around children, bringing toys to the pool and inviting young girls to play with him. Both of the little girls at the center of his case testified that James put his hand in their bathing suits and molested them. This man is a very 
the very definition of someone who should and must be on the sex offender registry and subject to things like community monitoring and residency restrictions. But because of this legal loophole, he could live right next to a community pool if he so chose, or a school, or a daycare. He could be chatting with children online, and we would have absolutely no idea because he is living his life freely, despite a history of preying on young children. This is a huge public safety issue. If left unfixed, it will absolutely pave the way for other sex offenders to legally exploit the same loophole to avoid registration and the stipulations that come with it. This bill um, will amend um, what's been widely recognized as a dangerous oversight conflicting with the spirit of the law and ensures that sex offenders will have to register as such, regardless of their failure to pay fines. It's been a busy week for Senator Book. She just filed another bill aimed at increasing human trafficking convictions and a bill to exempt diapers from the sales tax, something 14 other states have already done. Your calendar of events begins at 9 when the Senate Agriculture Committee gets an update on the state hemp program and issues involving the Department of Citrus. The Senate Governmental Oversight and Accountability Committee meets at 9 to consider a bill eliminating the State Constitution Revision Commission. The State Reemployment Assistance Appeals Commission meets at 9.30. The State Surgeon General is scheduled to appear at a meeting of the House Professions and Public Health Subcommittee at 10. At noon, the House Public Integrity and Elections Committee will receive an overview of investigations related to research institutions, the Florida Coalition Against Domestic Violence, and Visit Florida. The Senate Transportation, Tourism, and Economic Development Appropriations Subcommittee will receive presentations from several state agencies about potential budget cuts. That's at 1230. The State University System Board of Governors meets at 330 in Sarasota. The Senate Agriculture, Environment, and General Government Appropriations Sub will talk about implementation of the Clean Waterways Act. That's a new law that includes bigger fines for dumping pollutants into waterways and new rules for septic tanks and agricultural runoff. It was just passed last year. At 4, the House Tourism, Infrastructure, and Energy Subcommittee gets an overview about how the COVID-19 pandemic has affected tourism. And the House Criminal Justice and Public Safety Subcommittee meets at 4 to take up House Bill 1, that controversial proposal aimed at cracking down on violent protesters. Finally today, a Florida man who received an award as Paramedic of the Year in 2020 is accused of helping his captain steal COVID vaccine. Polk County Sheriff Grady Judd says 31-year-old Joshua Cologne with Polk County Fire and Rescue helped cover up the theft of vaccine that was supposed to be used on first responders. Insert Grady Judd virus theft. Cologne is charged with forgery, uttering a false instrument, criminal use of personal identification, creating a fictitious person, and falsifying an official record as a public servant. Charges will also be filed against his captain, perhaps as early as today. That's it for this episode of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics.